look at my feed. What do you see? The Pope of Positivity. Oh, I am excited. I am excited. I am excited. And the reason why I am excited, ladies and gentlemen, as you join me for... uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to call this. I, I suppose it is an episode of the Pontificast because it can't be DDT Wrestling without Doc Manson. And since Doc Manson is uh, traveling, he is on vacation. I believe he is eating more hot dogs than one man possibly should. Um, I had to bring in the big guns, and I am honored and privileged to be joined by the man, the myth, the legend. Chip K. Fabe, at Chip K. CTB on Twitter. He is the host of Checking the Boots podcast, which I encourage everyone listening to the sound of my voice to check out. Chip, it's been a long time coming for you and I to actually have a conversation. How are you, my friend? This is actually insane to me. For the longest time, when I first met you, I always thought you were a robot, but I'm actually talking to you, and it's insane. Uh, Either that or technology has advanced beyond any applicable measure, if I am this... If you're having a conversation with me like this, then this, yeah. it, my I, mind is completely blown. I think I'm passing the Turing test, if you will. Um, <laughs> how is life, sir? How is everything going? I wanted to get the chance to talk to you because you are a fantastic wrestling fan and you are uh, intelligent and insightful, but also you're Chip. And, <laughs> and I feel like Chip. there needs to be more Chip in the world. So uh, how is life treating you, my friend? It's, you know, just jumping through tables, uh, trying not to fall, but it's going, it's, it's a whirlwind. I would like, every I would chip like thing. To, I would like to point out that I called you and within the first three seconds of picking up <laughs> your mic stand fell apart. That's pretty common. That which, stuff doesn't make CTB pod, but it, it which, happens very which often. Which just, yeah. And see doc and I, we don't edit much. If anything, we just, whatever's on there is on there. So if, if you fall down, I, I will talk to the paramedics as they are working to revive <laughs> you, whatever it takes. Well, I um, have this paper shredder here that tends to fall on my foot a lot. So you might get a little... Uh, you really see- need to not have heavy machinery or any machinery in your general vicinity on a regular basis. Yeah, that's my biggest problem. Machinery and uh, tables. How many bones have you broken in your life? You know the amazing thing? I haven't broken a single bone in my body. I've ever. broken my nose, and that's it. How? Um, <laughs> but, uh, so you've, you've never I mean, I've broken... dislocated, I've okay. torn. All right. But I've never broken a bone in my body, and that's amazing to me. It, it is amazing, because I would have figured you would have been, you know, if you read Have a Nice Day, I don't use, I hate book jackets, so I take them off when I buy books. Me too. But on the book jacket of Have a Nice Day is a picture of McFoley, and it lists all of his injuries. I think that one day be, that will be that me. would be a great graphic is chip with the this is the arm that I shredded when I fell through the ta- uh, table. This is, you know, the leg, the muscle I pulled when I got trapped behind the bed of <laughs> whatever hotel you and the New Age Insiders were at. You know, the best thing about it is so, I'm, as you know, I coach a baseball team and the scar is very visible from falling through the table in uh, Orlando. So. The kids ask, and they're only 12 years old. They ask me, Where's that, what's that scar from? And I don't know what to tell them. I, I, I'm not going to tell them what actually happened. No, I think I think you can say you fell through a table and make it sound like you're a really tough guy. You don't have to mention all of the accoutrements that surrounded What that I was story. under at the time? <laughs> no, you just say, I, I fell through a table. You should well, see Well, I, I do tell them that, but and they just laugh in my face, which then, is appropriate. Then you pull off the other, well, you should see the other guy, or <laughs> you should see the table. The other guy is also 13 years old. <laughs> um, so you, you say you coach baseball. I want to take a few minutes just to get inside the life of one Chip Kayfabe. I keep telling you we need a, a checking in with Chip or a Chip's Challenges podcast. Where, so uh, how long have you been coaching baseball? Ten years. Uh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm very young, but I've been coaching for ten years. I was going to say, you are extremely young, to the point where it makes me feel bad about myself, how <laughs> young you actually are. Do you do you publicly announce your age? Uh, I Well, Tony did last week, because uh, okay. we recorded on my birthday, so I'm only 22. So you've been coaching baseball since you were 12. Right, so when I graduated Little League, my Little League coach asked me to come back and help him out. I started out as a scorekeeper. But his second coach uh, just decided to not show up to baseball games. 
So he was like, hey, uh, how would you feel about helping me out? You know, I'm old. You're not. You can do all the, you know, hitting infield, catching for me, uh, going, you know, kids relate to you because you're their age. So that's how that kind of started. And then ever since then, I've just been I've been coming back. So, okay, let me just ask you this question, because I I, I do want to know. Have you always been what one would consider an old soul? Like you're coaching at 12. You, yeah. you know, you've had a job that I think most people um, would attribute to people in their 40s or 50s with 20 plus years of experience. You had it in your teens, as far as I can tell. I was um, very lucky. Yeah. But have you always been uh, older and wiser? Oh, yeah. Wi- wiser so- in air quotes. <laughs> So basically, if you if you want to get technical, my first job was as an umpire in baseball when I was 12 also. But my first real, real job that was, you know, taxed was uh, I worked in a restaurant and I got hired when I was 15 years old there. So I started, the, so the summer of eighth grade going into freshman year of high school, I was working. So basically I missed all of like, you know, th- this millennial age where people go out partying during high school on the weekends. I missed all that because I was working. So I've always been the one that was missing because I was working. So I ha- I do have that uh, get-off-my-lawn mentality at my young age. Yeah, because you do. You, say, you seem more of like, you know, I am 12 years older than you. So, you know, <laughs> at, when you were born, I could have been coaching Little League, except I played t-ball and was terrible and never advanced past that. You um, know, my be- the best thing about me coaching baseball is I could not hit when I played. But I can teach people how to hit. It, it's well, insane. When I was in high school, my I was on the wrestling team. My senior year, I essentially, I wrestled, and I was one of the captains, but I essentially was kind of like the third coach. Because at, my coach once said to me, like, he's like, you, you can talk about it and explain it much better than you can actually do it. Right. And so, I'm, so I was happy to do that, and it kind of led to the whole being a teacher Let's point out, I, we, have, we can't have a conversation whether it's online or vo- face-to-face or voice-to-voice. Uh, I think you should teach. I'm just and, saying. And I've talked to you many times, and it's something I, I do want to do. If I can ever get everything in order and go back to school, I would definitely consider it. All right. So now, if, since I just said I, I, you know, I did T-ball and that's it, what exactly – you said, you know, the second coach. So – what exactly is the purpose of having all of, we're going to get to the wrestling, I swear, people, but we, we got to talk to Chip when we get the chance. Um, how many coaches are there on a Little League baseball team? So during the spring, uh, myself and the uh, guy Jim I coached with, all, like I said, he was my coach from the time I was uh, 10 years old up until uh, Babe Ruth. And when I went off to high school, he went back to Little League. Uh, but typic- So during the spring, we coach seven-year-olds right now. Uh, political we used to be the we used to be in the major league but they brought us down but that's story for another time uh typically it would just be me and him but over the summer we do the all-star team uh, the travel all-star team so there are typically three coaches um somebody coach the manager which is jim the second coach which is me and we have a third coach that coaches first base and basically that's just so somebody instead of coaching first base and trying to coach first base and do the scorebook there's a third person there that can just focus on the scorebook and one person that can just focus on coaching first base. That's okay. really all there is. So during the game, you have a scorer, a first base coach, and a manager. Right. Okay. And then when you're not in a game situation, when it's practice or whatever, you just you all kind of spread out to work with the different players. On yep, all three things. of us. Do, like, I'll, I'll go with the pitchers on the mound. Uh, Jim, the head coach or manager, whatever you want to call him will go to the outfield and hit fly balls. And the third coach will kind of just see what he can do, hop in wherever he feels he's needed. All right. And so Jim is the guy who likes to have secret meetings with you at Dunkin' Donuts to discuss yeah. strategy? Right. So we we met, we met were supposed to do this yesterday, and uh, Jim texted me. He goes, uh, can we game plan today? Well, he sent me a cryptic message at first. And then he finally answers, like, can we meet at Dunkin' Donuts and go over game plan? I was like, oh, this is going to be an all-night thing. And it did. We didn't, I didn't get home until about 6.30. We met at, like, 3.30. So, What do you talk about for three hours? Uh, so, literally, the first hour and a half was putting a batting order together. Uh, I have this app, and much like you, I'm a stats nerd when it comes to baseball. Mm-hmm. Wrestling, not so much. But baseball, I love, I love numbers. Uh, so I have this app that I use as my scorebook, and it has – batting average, on-base percentage, um, 
how many times they've grounded out to second base, stuff like that. Um, so we use that to put a batting order together because we're playing a team that we haven't been able to beat. We've lost by one run every time we've played them, and we can't figure out why. So the, the point of the meeting last night was to figure out why we're losing. And okay. it, it's been our defense. I am, I am amazed at how much work goes in. And again, having never played Little League or... You know, the the presumption would be that it's not that labor-intensive. But this is, like you said, it's a summer all-star. Right. And you know what? Most coaches at this level wouldn't do what we're doing. But I I have the time currently. True. And he, he drives by my house on the way home. So he just figured we might as well do it. Instead of scrambling 45 minutes before the game to figure it out, we can have it done the night before. All right. So let's get to the really important question. Then we're going to move on to the actual wrestling talk. Um, when you go to Dunkin' Donuts, what is your order of choice or do you just sit there? So my order, if I go to Dunkin' Donuts, it's a uh, medium ice caramel swirl with uh, milk and two sugars. But I'm actually not a fan of Dunkin' Donuts. My coffee of choice is Mary Lou's. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, it's just a Massachusetts thing. It's a, it's like a specialty coffee place. So I get a medium ice caramel Lou from there. Okay. And so you if you look it up, you'll understand why it's a specialty coffee place. It's very pink. It's the very, place or the coffee? Uh, the the place. It It's very like... So it's known as the place where they hire all the attractive girls, which isn't true, or it shouldn't be true. But it's a it's very good, not really coffee, but it's coffee. I don't okay. know. Okay. <laughs> what do you, do you... So you don't do Dunkin' Donuts at all? Because I'm not a coffee no. drinker, so when I asked that question, it was more of a donut of choice. Because it's it, it we are going to be on the DDT wrestling feed, which means food has to be a part oh, of yeah. this. So, so we have your... to talk about pumpkin, right? I'm hanging up on you. Right <laughs> um, what is your uh, what is your donut of choice? Uh, simple glazed. I, I'm not a huge donut person, surprisingly. Uh, glazed would be my donut of choice, but they also I don't know how. Like I said, I don't eat donuts often, but okay. I usually get a glaze with a jelly center if i can find it not a lot of dunkin donuts sell it around here there's only one that i know of there is a there's it's gonna be coming out in august so go to dunkin donuts because they're gonna have it it's like a jelly donut but instead of jelly it's ketchup they just fill oh. the donut now i'm going to hang up on ketchup. you and it's i'm sure it's gonna be delicious i'm i'm being honest here since that conversation on twitter i have not had ketchup because i just can't even look at it I've been in a phase where I've been making homemade french fries, and every time, I haven't smothered them like I sent you in some of the pictures. I appreciate that. But but every time I get the ketchup and I'm about to pour it next to the fries, I think of you. Just See, I don't mind next to the fries, but all over it? Yes. Do you like soggy fries? Well, again, it depends on the situation. Not not usually, no, but if I'm traveling somewhere, you know, I always thought when I saw that, I always think of the fair. Because, like, when you go to the fair, you're not going to, like, I'm not going to try to balance fries and a small side of ketchup. So I'm going to, you know, either pour a little on or I'm going to try to fill, like, one corner. But I, I was just doing it to mess with you. because Oh, I know. Because I mean, I'd rather fill one corner, but if, I'm, if I had gunned my head... I would uh, ditch the ketchup completely and just eat the fries. Fair enough. I, it's just raging chip entertains all of us at a, it's at very a easy to deep do. level. We're not even going to talk about the boneless thing. We're not even going to talk okay. about it. Okay. All right? Because I, I, I appreciate you not adding a word after boneless. I appreciate no, that. I, it's, it really isn't a thing. It's, it's, it's the nomenclature. It's the term that people use. But I will admit here and now, at the 13, 14 minute mark of this show, it is impossible to have a boneless wing. Thank you. All right. Thank you. At least a teacher te is telling you. At least so listen to this. All right. Um, <clears throat> the reason that I had you on, besides the fact that I knew I would enjoy talking to you, and now I want to do this all the time, is um, you and I. You were actually one of the people, along with uh, civil fandom and numerous others who were after me and after me and after me to start watching New Japan Pro Wrestling. <clears throat> and so as we were heading up to the G1, I said, fine, let me give it a shot. Let me start watching. And while I have not watched recently for reasons that we'll talk about, I, I have really enjoyed it. So I wanted to get you on the show since Doc doesn't watch uh, Japanese wrestling. So we can just have a conversation about, uh, you know, kind of New Japan and and 
everything in that general area. So how long have you been watching New Japan? Uh, so I started watching at uh, King of Pro Wrestling in 2015. It was, I think... Don't uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that was the launch of New Japan World, and I had heard about it on Twitter. And I was like, you know what? I I, I had the job at the time, and I had weekends off, so I said, nah, I got more time to watch, so I'll subscribe to this. And uh, I watched King of Pro Wrestling, which was the first show with English commentary, I believe. Also, mm-hmm. that sounds. And about I just right. fell in love. Well, then let's get right to that because I watched all of or just about everything. Uh, all of the major shows from 2017. That was kind of how I introduced myself. I actually think it was Civil Fandom uh, who suggested it. Uh, you know, starting with Dominion and right. kind of going through. So, and I watched it with the English commentary. At first, it was Kevin Kelly and Steve Carino. Now it's Kevin Kelly and uh, I always want to call him the Jackal back when he was running the Truth Commission, yep. but Don Callis. Um, Cyrus, whatever you want. Whatever to call him. you want to call him, he's he's gone by many names. I love it. the The English commentary is great. I've actually stopped watching lately because uh, they stopped doing the English commentary for the G One. And try as I might, I wound up having it on, but not actually watching it. I would be doing other things, listening to you know Japanese commentary, but not caring about what was happening because I wasn't really understanding the commentary. Exactly. So no, that's fair because I mean the only time. Like and I'm sure you can attest to this. You were doing other things, but you'd probably look up when the Japanese commentary started screaming. Oh yeah, you know yeah. that's the climax of the match. Yeah, I had that's it, when you know to look up. I had it Chromecasted, or I had it on my laptop, and I would be, you know, whether I was playing a game or you know doing work around the house or whatever, and I would you know glance up. But when Kevin Kelly and Don Callis were doing the commentary, I was much more invested, and I've heard. You know, Elgin and Omega was great. I've heard some of the other matches from the last week or so of the G1 have been excellent, but I've had right. all of this free time and have not watched. Uh, so. I, I Honestly, I've done the same. Uh, I have gone back and watched the key matches. Like, I'll, tr- I'll try to go back and watch all the block matches, but I have gone back and watched o- Omega and Elgin. Mm-hmm. I've gone back and watched um, Tanahashi and Okada. Uh, not Okada, I'm sorry. Um, Ibushi. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are certain ones I will go back, but I, I, like like you, I don't pay as much attention without English commentary as I would if they were there. Yeah, and I'm just curious, you know, I know it's, a, you know, the G1 tournament. For those listening who aren't familiar with New Japan, um, the G1 is a month-long tournament, and it's done not single elimination, uh, but it's done in blocks. There are two groups of ten wrestlers, and each block wrestles everyone else in their own block, so... Zack Sabre Jr., to use a name that other people who don't watch Japanese wrestling might recognize, Zack Sabre Jr., in his block, is going to wrestle everyone else in that block. So all nine other guys in that block. And you get points if you win, you don't if you lose. And at the end, the leaders of each block wrestle each other, and the winners, I would assume, go to Wrestle Kingdom for the title shot. That is how it's supposed to work, right? Right, so basically, it's almost like a money in. The, it's not. It's a money in the bank, but it's not. It's it's literally a briefcase, and whoever wins the G one, gets their title shot January fourth at Tokyo Dome. Yeah, so it's like money in the bank, except there's a set date. Right. You essentially, but you do get a briefcase for it. Oh, okay. Good to know. Um, which begs the question, and maybe you can answer this because I've asked it, and I don't know if I've gotten a, a real concrete answer. Why in the world is the New Japan Heavyweight Champion Okada in this if the winner gets a title shot? You know, that, that's a question I've had too, and I've never had it answered, but I know it's not the first time. Um, what happens if he wins? That that would be an interesting story. That's almost like having the WWE Champion in Money in the Bank. Well, what happens? Yeah. You know? Well, and what's interesting is he's leading the B block. Right. You know, he's undefeated. So what I think will end up happening is I feel like we'll, we will see an, uh, an Okada I'm, – I'm sorry. Yes, Okada and um, Ishii final. I don't know why. I really don't know why. I just I think maybe it's because I want to see that. Mm-hmm. But I don't see Ishii going to Tokyo Dome. The, the smart choice would be Naito. Uh, Naito with his redemption story. Um, you know, he went to Mexico. Uh, when things weren't working out in Japan. I mean, this is the Okada Naito show. 
That's kind of what I figured too, but let's let's back up a little bit because again, I'm going to assume there are people listening to this who are fans of you, fans of me, and maybe not fans of New Japan. So before we start naming all of these people that right. they don't recognize, um, who was the first guy that really caught your eye uh, watching New Japan? Uh, the first guy that really caught me was um, Shibata. Oh. And, and it's unfortunate to say it now because of the circumstances. But Which Shibata... makes me wonder, and again, this is my conspiracy theory, I wonder if this was like if Shibata was supposed to be so Shibata I'm not going to try to pronounce their first names if you know them great yeah I I I don't (laughs) so Shibata is an excellent you know no nonsense kind of strong style he reminds me of what Hideo Itami was supposed to be right like if you like hard-hitting cringeworthy yes stuff Shibata is your guy and I'm not a huge fan of strong style like just watching people hit each other in the face does nothing for me but he was so I don't know something about him well he had those brutal kicks yes brutal chops he had brutal headbutts which again is hard to say right now so he is so he is injured now uh to the point where i'm not sure that he has full vision you know he wrestled okada in an incredibly brutal match and suffered some serious injuries i don't know the full extent and i don't want to speculate um but he is injured it is likely he will not wrestle again right um, and I wonder if, you know, he was kind of supposed to be in this G1 spot and Okada, you know, they he was gone. And it's like, well, we need a big name to replace him. Let's just put the champion in. But I don't know. So, And that's very real because I feel that if Shibata was in this, it was finally his time. He was getting recognized all over the world. He, he won a championship in Britain. He defended it in Japan. Yep. So he was finally starting to make a name for himself after all these years. Yeah. So, you know, I, I hope that he is able to return to a a high quality of life. If he returns to wrestling, that would be fantastic. But, you know, really... Just stay away from the headbutts. I can't can't see anybody do headbutts now. It it will definitely change the style. You know, I haven't been able to watch headbutts, really. With the exception of Hanma's, the the salute and the just, like, that kind of headbutt just cracks me up. Like, so Hanma's another guy, and he just falls he doesn't like he, he's not doing the diving headbutt like your chris benoit or like your daniel bryan sort of he thing. does the santino morello he one. does and anyone who's gonna channel santino morella has Hanma's the guy yeah <laughs> which which brings me to the first guy that jumped out to me and he remains my favorite new japan wrestler toru yano i had a feeling you were gonna say that you I, love wrestle silly i love wrestle silly and i'm telling you i've tried to get doc manson to to watch it but if you haven't had the chance to watch Toru Yano, who is just hilarious, just blatant, you know, like goes out of his way to try to cheat, you know, gets the referee distracted, takes the turnbuckles off, and the turnbuckle pads are different in New Japan. <laughs> they yep. they cover all three buckles, so it's a long rectangular pad, and then he uses it to smack people. Like, it's just, <laughs> oh my. I'm trying to think of... Um... An example for people that don't watch any independent or J- Japanese wrestling. I'm trying to think of who. I mean, Santino is the way to kind of explain him, but also mix in like a t- Tajiri when he was with Regal years ago. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's hard to find the the American the WWE analog to this because nobody, you know, when when WWE has rule breakers, they're they're evil rule breakers. You can't right. call Yano an evil rule breaker. He's almost like. If Bo Dallas, back when he was doing the Bo Leave thing, kind of was, you know, getting the ref like... The lovable yes, bad guy. he's the lovable heel. And I think yep. that's also why I like him, is because he reminds me of Bo Dallas. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, so going through, who is your favorite right now? Because Shibata was the guy who first... So who would you say your favorite? Um, right now, my favorite in New Japan Pro Wrestling is Naito. Uh, yeah, and he is the leader of Los Ingornables de Japón. If yep. you like, um, what's his name? Andrade Almas. The two, Naito's your guy. Yeah, because wasn't Andrade Almas back when he had the mask? I don't remember what his name was. Uh, La Sombra. Wasn't he part of that whole, I, the same group? Yes. Uh, so when Naito went over to CMLL, uh, that's where the whole in, uh, Los Ingornables started. 
and it kind of transferred over into Japan with Sonata and uh, Bushi. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he is definitely one. He's kind of that, you know, he's the heel who is no longer like he's getting cheered. If Naito wins, and I do think Naito is going to be the guy to win his block. I do too. Because you know, if you look at the standings, I don't know if you have them in front of you right now. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Tanahashi, Ishii, and Naito are tied for the right. lead. Now, that doesn't mean anything because there's four other guys who are just two points behind them. But, you know, you assume that one of those four is going to take it. Naito would strike me as the guy. Because if it's going to be Naito and Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, Naito's going to be the the babyface. Okada's almost kind of in the Roman Reigns camp right now where... Right. You know, he was super popular, and he still is, but people are cheering for others now more than for him. Right, and the thing with Naito is he there's a story to be told with him winning G1 and going on to beat Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but Naito just is coming off an intercontinental title run where he absolutely destroyed the belt, the physical belt. Yes. And he people li- are still cheering him. He liked to toss one, well, that's it. It's, it's almost... You know, I having not followed Japanese wrestling for a long time, I almost feel like this is kind of where we were in 96, 97 with Stone Cold. Like, Stone right. Cold did all of the things that normally would make you hate him and people loved him. Right. And Naito's throwing the belt in the air and, you know, being disrespectful and at one point... Stepping on it. Chasing Don Callis up into the bleachers, which was hilarious. I love it. Um, and, and people are going crazy for him. So. Yeah. And and to, he's not just an act, too. He's a very good in-ring competitor. Oh, too. he absolutely is. But, you know, the same kind of thing when you see uh, Andrade Almas do the thing where he, like, runs the ropes and then kind of rolls and just poses, that's... Yep, Naito does the same thing. Naito's doing the same thing. So if you like Andrade Almas, and a lot of people do, um, Naito would be somebody you'd be interested in. And in that same stable, I, I'm telling you, within the next couple of years, Sonata's going to be oh, yeah. a top guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's super young, too. Uh, I think he's 28. Yeah. I remember, I think I was still watching TNA <laughs> when he... Because I remember them talking about getting talents from Japan, and I think he was one of them. He was. He was the great Sonata. The great Muda worked with him in TNA. Well, and I, I saw a picture somebody posted, like, Okada was in there, but he was dressed like... Um, I don't remember what the kid name is, Kato from the Green Hornet or something like that. Yep. And it's just kind of ridiculous. Again, poor TNA. They cannot <laughs> right. catch a break to save their lives. Um, <clears throat> what do you think about Kenny Omega? I, I enjoy him. I really do. Uh, I, I didn't really get him until the Tokyo Dome uh, this past year, Wrestle Kingdom 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know I was just kind of like eh on him, but that match with Okada, and now Elgin, you know, um, I'm trying to think of his best opponents. I mean, you know, he's in the Bullet Club, blah blah blah, all those mm-hmm. stands. But well, he's in the Bullet Club and he's also in the Elite, which I think is interesting because you know the NWO at one point, late in you know the '90s, had split up into the different factions, and you had the Wolf Pack and all of that sort of thing. But you've got the Bullet Club, which is this very large group, kind of like the NWO. But then Okada, or not Okada, Omega and the Young Bucks are this own little group within the group. Right. Which I think is interesting because you don't often see that. Right. And eventually, you know, and right now if you look on Twitter, uh, Tamatanga, who happens to be the cousin of Roman Reigns, I believe, if that's actually true or not. Well, no, um, Tamatanga is, isn't he, aren't he and Tangaloa the sons of Haku? That's what I'm. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If the, yeah. They are. They are Haku. Yeah. Because yeah. Haku is Tongan, not Samoan. I don't know if they might be cousins. I would, yeah. It, I, I, I don't wouldn't know be how surprised it if it's some big intermarriage sort of thing. Somehow but, they're they'll be related. <laughs> I really expected Tamatonga to beat Omega. It would have made a whole lot of sense for right. you know because it is Tamatonga's kind of becoming the leader of the rest of the Bullet Club. Right. You know, now that the elite's kind of breaking off on their own, Tamatanga's taken over. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, and they're playing it up on Twitter, so that's a cool story, too. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, yeah, I enjoy the Gorillas of Destiny. I like the uh, that Ring of Honor has such a great relationship with them. Like, we've seen... War, oh, that helps a lot. We've seen War Machine. I actually think War Machine are the current New Japan Tag Team Champions. You know, They are. They're the uh, IWGP Heavyweight yeah. Tag oh, Team thank Champions. thank you. IWGP. I always forget that that's actually what they're called. Um, yep. 
but you know it's interesting like this whole month we see all of these shows titles don't matter right like, they're not talking and, i mean you won't see a title match until probably next week when english commentary comes back and the young bucks are out there with yeah. the um ju- super uh, the junior heavyweight tag team yeah. titles stuff like that i do like that too i wish i know wwe is never going to get into weight classes besides having the cruiserweights as kind of the redheaded stepchildren of wwe but you know i like that they have a heavyweight division and a junior heavyweight division so you know and they seemingly you know the iwgp heavyweight champion and the iwgp junior heavyweight champion are supposed to be at least in theory on equal footing right and the cool thing about the weight classes is, you know, RPG, RPG Vice just broke up because Rocky Romero told Trent Beretta, hey, when I told you when you were ready, if you wanted to go up to heavyweights, go up and kill it. And now he's finally in the heavyweight weight class and he's they're breaking away, which, which is, is a cool, like, missable break. It, it absolutely is, although you would think this would have been a great way for him to be introduced to the heavyweight division would be to take part in, in the G1. G1, because G1 I is heavyweight. I thought that's what we were going to get. You know, we've got, they've got the best of the super juniors, which I missed, which was the junior heavyweight, same kind of thing. Right. So, you know, um, explain to me why Tanahashi is a big deal, because I'll freely admit, I don't get it. Uh, you know, it. he's basically the only way to really explain him for somebody that's never watched is he's the John Cena of New Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at times it's Tanahashi wins, LOL. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and for the last few years, uh, as you've heard on English commentary, is he always goes on these losing streaks in G1, and then he comes back and ends up winning it. You know, that's something Cena would do. So I guess that's why he's called the ace of New Japan. Um, I think he's good in ring, but I also don't get it, I, I guess. I guess the comparison would be if you were a, you know, if you had just come to WWE now, you might not get why John Cena, like you might hear, oh, he's a 16-time champion, but you'll watch him and go, he's why? good, but yeah, why is, but he why? Such, why is he such a big deal? So I suppose because I have not seen the last 10 years or so of right. New Japan. And that's the thing, he's been around forever too, mm-hmm. but so is Nagata, so... Well, really and, and I feel you know I enjoy what I'm seeing here looking at the 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 blocks Yuji Nagata and uh, Kojima yep of the bread loving <laughs> um, both have zero points I love that I love the idea that the veterans are gonna just lose like and I right. assume they won't end with zero points but I you know I do like that whole you know kind of you go out on your back sort of thing where if this is I think they both said this is their last G1 they're that's correct they're yep. not going to win that's the whole right. point and um it, it's cool because they're, they're still as a they're such legends in New Japan that they're mm-hmm. still threats to everybody even though they're losing they're still threats well I remember Yuji Nagata from WCW just like he's not in this tournament but uh, Manabu Nakanishi the yep. monster morning I remember and, uh, J- not Jado. Um, uh, I can't. Remember. He keeps on teaming up with um, Gato at the beginning of shows. I can't think of what his name is now. Well, there's... he was in a tag team at ECW. Well, there's Jado and Gato were part. Jado, yeah. thank you. Jado and Gato. Did were I say Jado first? Yeah, you were right. Okay. I, um, but I, having not seen ECW, but I remember Kurosawa, which is what they called Madabu Nakanishi when he was in. Uh, WCW. So that's kind of, and I didn't get why Yuji Nagata had that weird face on the inside of his shirt until I saw him put the submission hold on and then he changed his face and I was like, oh, (laughs) I get it now. (laughs) I I didn't get it either. Now the Young Bucks are kind of copying it with their shirts now. Um, Give credit, he's not doing well in this tournament, but let's talk about the former CJ Parker, Juice Robinson, which is a ridiculous name. Yeah. To be called Juice. But I'm super impressed with... Yeah, he's probably one of the coolest, like, all right, I'm, it's not working here. Let me go and try to see if I can do this on my own. Which is the whole Stories. idea. Which is the whole idea of this. Like, it's, you know, that's what you would hope for, is right. you would hope to have some of these guys. You know, you take a look at WWE right now. I, you know, I go to this guy because he's one of my favorites. And while I still hope there's something for him to do, Luke Harper would be amazing in New Japan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he would be. But uh, Juice, he, you know, he did it the right. I'm not going to. Is there really a right way for anything? I don't know. 
but he went to New Japan. He was a young lion. Like he was he was the guy standing at the side of the, on the side of the ring giving ice packs to Naito, to Tanahashi, mm-hmm. to Okada. And he worked his way up. He was in the Young Lion matches at the beginning of shows. Yeah. And now he's in the G1. And, well, he, you know, he was he almost had a chance to win the U.S. title, too. Yeah. Well, and David Finley had the same, you know, the son of Fit Finley, who, with the weird f- fringes on his boots, I'm like, would you please look a little bit more like your dad? But right. he's, you know, he was the same thing. Went to the dojo. And I think the New Age Insiders interviewed somebody. I can't remember who it was, but a, a female wrestler who went and did the New Japan thing. Uh, Davian. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you know these things. Um, <laughs> is it, speaking of which, is there a big chaotic show this weekend? There is. Uh, Cody Rhodes will be at Chaotic. Yep, uh, he was this on AI Pod last night. Yep. Yeah, it was a good interview too. I, I saw that. Uh, you know, Jason Multov is driving around with the Million Dollar Man today, which I'm sure is ridiculous. He's probably just freaking out. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's see. Who have we, who else have we missed here? You know. Uh, Michael Elgin, for people who have enjoyed Ring of Honor, and I'm sure he's been all over, you know, other American promotions. Um, yeah, he has his own uh, Glory Pro. Oh, that's right. That's right, that's right. He started his own promotion, which good for him. Um, yeah. What do you think of uh, Hiroki Goto? Yeah. He's fine. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with him, too. Like, yeah. I like the look. Like, he looks like somebody I would like. Right, but he's not doing stuff i like well and and you know i when i started watching they were already in the middle of the story of he can't win the big one and i was like well i don't want to invest in a guy who can't win the big one right and and you know he's not going to win the big one either well and i'm like you know you're not bray wyatt like ray wyatt at least there's something for me to get into even though i know he's not gonna win <laughs> right goto is just like I, there's really not many words where it's just yeah yeah you know he's kind of vanilla He's kind of, you know, kind of just yeah. plain. As opposed to, because, you know, starting watching it uh, at Dominion, I was there for New Beginnings when the scariest man I've ever seen in my life made his return with his stable, uh, Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. I love Minoru Suzuki. I l- his match with Okada was, uh, Okada, Omega was great. I love his theme music compared to him. Like I never this... knew what his theme said until um, Civil told me. Yeah, and then you know, I just thought it was funny that like he's got this nice, peaceful theme music that everyone sings along to at one point, and then he goes in and is this vile, devious, sadistic person. Right. And I'm just like, I love that contrast. That reminds me of Mankind when Mankind. You know, when he first was came in, out with the dark music, he came out with yeah. the dark music, and then he would win, and there would be this like classical piano, and he would kind of calm down, and you know, it was almost like what they tried to do with Festus. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the bell rings, turns into a monster. Yep. Yeah. I, I also want to give credit to New Japan because I love the way they handle stables, and I don't even think they call them stables. It's just, you know, they have all of these different groups of people. It's just a thing that they do. Who travel together and who will team together, and they don't necessarily it's not like uh, DX or it's not like trying to even think of one now. You know, WWE doesn't have a lot of these, right? It's not like the Miz Taraj where they're all trying to promote a single agenda. They're all doing their own things, but it's... I'm, right. I'm running, and they're all there for each other doing their own things. Yeah, I'm, unless you're Desperado who I've, I don't know if I've ever seen actually wrestle. He just shows up for everybody else. Um, He's teamed with uh, Zach a little bit, but yeah, he doesn't wrestle but, much. But, um, you know, it's it's just very cool the way they do it. So you've got Suzuki-Goon, which is Minoru Suzuki's group. You've got Chaos that Okada's part of. You've got the Bullet Club. You've got LIJ. So I, yep. I just think that's very cool. I'm like, that, you know, again, I don't think it would work in WWE necessarily, not with weekly television the way they have it, but... right. And the thing about Japan too is they don't really, they don't really bring it up. I mean, like their graphics show that Okada is in Chaos, but if you watch his matches and you didn't see that graphic, you really wouldn't know. No, and I guess Juice Robinson is part of Taguchi, you know. Uh, to uh, Taguchi Japan, Japan. Yes. So, uh, Rosuke uh, Taguchi, uh, Ricochet, and there's one more I'm forgetting yeah. aside from Juice. All right, so who else are we? Who's a major name that we haven't talked about? Because I've mentioned all the guys from the G one, but right. I know. mean, naturally the Young Bucks. Um, See, and I don't. I didn't get them either, <clears throat> but I saw them live in June, and then I was like, okay, I I finally get it. 
Well, I didn't really get Omega at first. I remember you would mention that, you know, and <clears throat> there was no doubt because the first match I seen I had seen him in was with Okada, and I'm like, all right, there's no doubt that the matches are good. So like, he's a good wrestler. But it's watching him now. I'm like, you have you have a great mix of wrestle silly because his match with Yano. I know Lance Storm and other people were giving them grief about it on Twitter, but his yeah. match with Yano was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Right. It, just mix it up. Use everything you've got. You got yeah. wrestle silly. Use it. Well, you, well, that's it. Serious. He's, use it. He's he's got a very nice blend of being a goofball. You know, he was making fun of people during the press conference when Evil got up and did his whole yep. everything is evil thing. You saw that GIF online yep. or GIF, whatever you say. But um, you know, so I do like him. But again, I just you know, I, I'm not sure what it is about the Young Bucks. I get what they're trying to do, but I'm just like. <sighs> Not necessarily my. Yeah, no, I can, I get that. Uh, also, another big name in Japan, if you like Ring of Honor, is um, the TV champion right now, um, Kushida. Oh, that's right, because I didn't write down any junior heavyweights. So, yes, Kushida and uh, Takahashi, moment of silence. Takahashi. Moment of silence for Daryl, please. Oh, man. That was... Uh, I like Bad Luck Fale. I will tell you, I love that he... You know, I didn't like him. <laughs> I didn't like him until his match with, of course, Okada. You know, I, then I finally saw he could actually hold his own against somebody like that. But yeah. that's also attributed to who Okada is. <laughs> well, he's got the Mr. Hughes sort of the big burly bodyguard with the sunglasses look. But then, right. you know, he he can wrestle a little bit, which is nice to see. Yeah, big guy wrestling, that doesn't happen much. The only other name that I have on my list that we haven't talked about is the Golden Star, Mr. Kota Kota Ibushi. Ibushi. Uh, You know, if you watched the Cruiserweight Classic, you saw him, you saw Zack Sabre. Um, But, you know, I was watching, because when I started, I think it was Wrestle Kingdom, it was Tiger Mask W versus Tiger Mask Dark, which, which, as I figured out, was ACH versus Kota Ibushi and I was yeah. like oh I'll watch this all day <laughs> like that's how that's how you keep it a secret like oh uh so we can do ACH versus Kota Ibushi and still get that match even though we just did it under masks <laughs> yeah but still it was you know it was very cool to see Kota Ibushi back in New Japan apparently he was there for a while again I didn't see it but um you know I do like that they tend to like you know because again Suzuki and his group were gone for a while, and now they've come back, which means I get to watch Takamishinoku two decades after I first started watching Takamishinoku. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so I am a fan. So, so what I want to do, not necessarily to wrap up here, but if you've followed along, and thank you if you've listened this whole time as we list off a bunch of names that some of you may have never heard of, um, if you had 30 seconds or 60 seconds, Chip, at ChipKCTB, uh, if you had 30 or 60 seconds to sell someone on why they should spend 999 yen on New Japan, what would you say? If you're if you're bored with WWE, if you're bored with anything, and you just want if you like cringeworthy, hard hitting wrestling that doesn't necessarily have the stories to follow, but it can. Japan's for you. Um, there are a bunch of you wouldn't know it, but there are a bunch of storylines going on right now. Uh, legends still killing it 20 years after you first saw them. Um, guys that said, I'm going out on my own, like Juice Robinson killing it. A bunch of American stars come over to Japan. You get a, you get a little bit of everything in Japan. And for nine ninety nine or eight fifty six, whatever it actually is, American, it's very much worth it. Mm-hmm. For the, if, if you want, but I recommend you watching English, you watch English commentary first so you understand kind of what you're getting into. Well, and I would even say that. That kind of is what I like about it, and right now is not the appropriate time to sell it because it's the middle of the G1, but I was able to catch up in a couple of weeks because they don't have weekly, you know, they have whatever they have on AXS with Jim Ross butchering names and all of that sort of thing. (laughs) But, you know, their major shows are really what you need to focus on, and it's maybe one a month, and that's it. Right. So it's and, not. I mean, there there are shows called Road to whatever the next yes. show is. You don't need to watch yeah. those if you want. You can. Well, and and you and I have talked about this before. Uh, 
what they have, a lot of their card is multi-man tag matches, eight-man, ten-man tag team matches, which are fun, but arguably right. unnecessary for the story. Right. So, like, if you watch, if you decide after listening to this, you want to continue, you want to start watching the G one, and you want to go back to day one, just skip over the first uh, hour and a half. Yeah. You, you don't need to see the tag yeah. matches. It's just kind of setting up the next day's match, which I do like. So they'll have you know two guys who are going to meet in the G one, each with a partner or two, and so that's kind of the story. But right. So you've seen Los Ego Bernabe split up in a tag team match because Evil and Sonata. We're going to be wrestling each yeah. other in the first round. That is, so it's pretty cool. That is worth mentioning, too, because, you know, you get to see guys from the same group like Tamatanga and uh, Omega actually wrestling right. each other, which you don't often see. Um, but it's not going to be as time intensive as watching WWE. Is. You do not need to watch five hours of programming a week plus two pay-per-views plus any of this. Like, you could probably just stick to the major shows and and be fine and get your money's worth because it is a lovely mix of strong style you've got actual wrestling with guys like saber um you know you've got the technical stuff you've got high flying stuff you've got wrestle silly it does have something for everyone so i do encourage people to you know just try it for a month you know take a month watch a couple of shows if you like it you're bought in and if you don't like it you're out 10 bucks right so. And, you know, I, I'd kind of recommend watching the G1 in America uh, show first, just so you can get, like... That's a good idea. A, a kind of feel. I mean, sure, JR did awful on I commentary. felt so bad at how just, like, I... Lost he was. And just how angry I was after hearing Kevin Kelly. Now, I remember Kevin Kelly from his WWF days, and then he left and was doing dumb stuff on the independents, like... You know, when I hear the name Kevin Kelly, I don't have a positive connotation in my head, or at least I didn't. Now I'm like, I want him doing every New Japan show. Like, just move right. out there. And I, and I think he'd be willing to, too, if they would allow Well, him. I heard he's done with Ring of Honor. Yes. So, he, uh, he tweeted it out. He said he's done to focus on New Japan. Well, I hope they take advantage of that because, you know, New Japan is going to get bigger. They have a U.S. championship now. There's going to be more, uh, you know of New Japan in America, uh, Kevin Kelly would be somebody they would be wise to scoop up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, one last thing, since we're, we've been talking about Japanese wrestling, it would behoove us to turn to WWE for just a minute. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura pinned John Cena clean on free television and is now going to take on Jinder Mahal at SummerSlam. Isn't that amazing to think? It's just a very... That sentence just alone. Right. Like, you thought saying John Cena versus AJ Styles was crazy? Yeah. Shinsuke <laughs> versus... Not Cena yeah. is just as crazy. Shinsuke versus John Cena is crazy. Shinsuke winning is crazy. Shinsuke winning clean is crazy. Shinsuke winning clean on live TV is insane. And then you've got the whole Jinder Mahal as your world champion, which adds a whole level. We're on Pluto now. Yeah. Um, I, a year ago, mind blown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely crazy, the world that we live in. Not only in WWE, but just across, like, just the fact that, you know... Everywhere. Yeah, I can sit here in, you know, and watch Japanese wrestling and be able to follow it, because it's got English commentary on most of it. WWE's got, like, an all-star thing. I really did, you know, this is a topic I'm going to bring up to Doc, but just to, to give a sneak peek... I really think WWE could start having two SummerSlams, like have a SummerSlam weekend where literally Raw and SmackDown each put on a separate SummerSlam, SummerSlam show. Because just because this, you know, somebody tweeted it out, like we're talking, they're going to be between 13 and 15 matches between the pre-show and the main show. And people are going to be complaining at what happens on the pre-show because it's going to be relegated to the pre-show. So... It's ridiculous. What's... Is there really even a pre-show when everything is on the network? No, but at the same time, there's you know there's the show that people are watching, and then there's the show people aren't right watching. Anymore. I mean, if you didn't tell me it was a pre-show, I just would have I would just assume it's a part of SummerSlam. You know. Yeah. So I'm excited for Shinsuke. Shinsuke versus Jinder is you know, and obviously now we're gonna get Cena versus Baron Corbin, which is good. As long as Cena's neck is okay, Ooh, man. that would—he seemed to be all right. You know, he is—he is called Superman for a reason. 
Like something notable too. I don't know if you've noticed is so they posted the uh, the aftermath. You know, Corbin attacking Nakamura and Cena AAM through the announce table on WWE.com. Yeah, they pulled it down. Really? Yeah. Okay. So something kind of notable. Oh, there. so maybe they can't go through with that storyline. Right. Hmm. Well, I haven't seen anything. You know, they talked about Bailey's injury, um, but I haven't seen yeah. anything published about Cena. But uh, anyways, so yes, so Japanese wrestling is, is a big deal in both New Japan and WWE. So, uh, Chip, my friend, it has been an absolute pleasure. It be, honors all mine. Being man. able to sit and talk to you. What is on? What is what does Chip's day look like? What is the rest of Chip's day going to be? I'm assuming baseball plays a factor in there at some point. Oh yeah, uh, we have a big game tonight. We are in the quarterfinals of the state tournament today. Wow. Um, we're traveling out uh, about 45 minutes out from our town. Actually, the town I coach isn't even the town I live in anymore. But uh, we're traveling about 45 minutes out, and uh, it's a team that we have not been able to beat yet. We've lost by one run in the last three games we've played them. So we will see we... if the Dunkin' Donuts strategy paid off. Yeah, the three hours, we'll see if that pays off. All right, well, I uh, look forward to hearing it. Uh, since we're on this, give me a piece of positivity. Give me a New Japan piece of positivity. What? Zack Sabre Jr. is in the lead of a block. He is. He is, he is. And he's not even a heavyweight. Like, the boy weighs, like, 48 pounds. <laughs> right. But... Um, yeah, absolutely. I'd love, loved seeing it. It was interesting that he joined, uh, Suzuki gun. Like he's, right. he's and essentially, he was, and he was handpicked by Suzuki. He's too. essentially a heel. Um, right. he's part of a heel stable. Uh, I will go ahead and say, you know, I, I have strong feelings that, you know, this should be a chance for a young guy. Again, being the maven of the mid card, I want these young guys but the fact that uh evil and sonata have eight points so even if they're not going to win block b they're they're doing pretty well uh right i'll take that and yeah i mean sonata only had six last year so this is already an improvement yeah so but yes it is it's i'm excited for the future i think we're going to see a lot of you know a lot of i think tanahashi whether it's now or later is going to be on his way out at some point and you know it'll be interesting to see what happens in new japan credit to him for working with that it's true it's true he is the ace i will give him credit all right if you have enjoyed hearing chip i am assuming you are following him on twitter at chip kctb i'll also go ahead and assume that you are checking out checking the boots podcast with him and referee tony s if you are not please go ahead and give a listen because you need more chip in your life everyone does uh, Chip, anything else you would like to say before we head out into that glorious uh, Thursday afternoon of baseball? Just uh, go Randolph, I guess. <laughs> he is Chip K. Fabe at Chip KCTB. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Thank you for joining us on this very special cross promotional episode of whatever I decide to title this thing. And until we meet again, my friends, we will see you around the neighborhood.